are in our second week of a series called The Wisdom of Life. This is a narrative sermon series, so if you weren't here last week or this Christmas, it may be a little bit new to you, but the way that the sermon will be done is not in a teaching style, but in telling a story style as from the perspective of one of the characters of Scripture. Today, I will be telling that story from the perspective of Joab. Joab was the commander of David's army. We can see part of his story in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verses 20, well, 22 through 30. Let us read the scripture together. Just then David's men and Joab returned from a raid and brought with them a great deal of plunder. But Abner was no longer with David in Hebron because David had sent him away and he had gone in peace. When Joab and all of his soldiers with him arrived, he was told that Abner, son of Ner, had come to the king and that the king had sent him away and that he had gone in peace. So Joab went to the king and said, what have you done? Look, Abner came to you. Why did you let him go? Now he's gone. You know, Abner, son of Ner, he came to deceive you and observe your movements and find out everything you are doing. Joab left David and sent messengers after Abner. And they brought him back from the cistern at Sirah. But David did not know it. Now when Abner returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside into an inner chamber as if to speak with him privately and there to avenge the blood of his brother Ashahel, Joab stabbed him in the stomach and he died. Later when David heard about this, he said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent of the, before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May his blood fall on the head of Joab and his whole family. May Joab's family never be without someone who is running sore or leprosy, who, learns on a, who leans on a crutch and who falls by the sword or who lacks food. Joab and his brother Abishai murdered Abner because he had killed their brother Asahel in the battle of Gibeon. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God indeed. In every breath, in every moment of every day, in every minute of every hour, I am consumed. I am consumed with the pain, the pain of losing somebody I loved so much, my brother, Ashahel. This man was a man that grew up with me, that we spent time together running in forests. We spent time laughing trading jokes, learning how to fight so that together on the battlefield, he and I, we could not be matched, the two of us. And every day that I wake up, the pain of knowing that he is no longer with me, it's almost too much for me to carry. But more than the pain that I feel from his death, more than the pain that I feel from never getting to see his face again, (coughs) is the anger that I feel. When I wake up in the morning, I wish that I could tell you my first thoughts were about God. I wish that I could tell you my first thoughts were about good things, were about the plans that I have for the day. But when I wake up in the morning, my first thoughts are about Abner the man who stole my brother from me. 
My first thoughts bring to me a pain that I hold in my chest. I don't know if you've ever felt that before, but this, this weight that starts in my gut and it sits on my shoulders. This anger. I wish I could get rid of this anger. I wish that I didn't live every moment of every day carrying on my shoulders the feelings that I have towards a man who stole the life of my brother. I wish I was a bigger person than that, but I'm not. No, instead, I spend most every day thinking about ways that I could get even, thinking about ways that I could take from Abner what he took from me, thinking about ways that we could make his life harder because I'm going to tell you right now, that man does not deserve, does not deserve a normal life. Abner did not deserve to be happy another day. Abner did not deserve to laugh and to joke, did not deserve to eat meals like my brother used to eat. He loved, my brother loved food. He loved being a warrior. He loved so many things in this life, but he doesn't get to do that anymore. So why should Abner? Why does he get to live life that my brother does not get to live? I wish I could tell you that my time on the battlefield as David's first in command had prepared me for something like this. I wish I could tell you that I understood that warfare was warfare. But I don't. The pain plagues me every day. And so it should be no surprise to you Definitely not a surprise to David because all I've done with David is to tell him how angry I am about Abner. But what David has said to me over and over again is that Abner is the leader of the North Army. Somebody I need to respect, somebody that we could make friends with and maybe potentially through Abner find peace with. You see, David's the king of the south, and God wants all of Israel together, the north and the south. But ever since King Saul died, the region has been split in two and has two rulers, and it has been war upon war upon war. And David keeps trying to tell me that if I want this kind of senseless killing to end, then retribution is not what I should be looking for then getting even should not be what I think about every day. No, it's peace that should be in my heart. Forgiveness that should be in my heart. But I ask you, would you forgive a man who killed your brother? Would you have forgiveness in your heart for somebody that stole something so important? I've had people do things to me in my past, and I've worked to forgive them, but nothing has been this hard. I have worked so hard to understand what David has talked to me about. He's a good friend, but he doesn't get it because it's not his brother. 
If it had been his brother, I could promise you that that man, Abner, would be dead already. But it wasn't his brother. And that makes me mad too. I feel like everybody should be as mad at Abner as I am. Nobody should look at Abner as being somebody who is worth goodness. David keeps trying to tell me that what happens on a battlefield is all fair game. In fact, he's even pushed me to the point of severe anger when he mentioned that it might have been my brother's fault. I was there that day on the battlefield. Abner and I had both chosen 12 people each to fight each other. And that's what happened. And they all died. David asks me why I'm not angry about the deaths of those 12 men that were ours. And I think, well, it's the battlefield. And David says, exactly, it's the battlefield. But then David pushes me to remember that Abner left and my brother followed him. My brother pursued him. And it was nothing but an act of self-defense in which Abner killed my brother. I wish I could see it that way. I wish I could see it the way that David did, but it's not his brother, it's mine. And my heart is so heavy with the weight of his loss. David's pushed me even more. He said, well, if you can't see it as an act of the battlefield, then maybe, maybe you could try and understand God's presence in this moment. David is king for a reason. A man after God's own heart. Maybe I wish I had David's heart, but I don't. See, David thinks I should leave all justice and retribution, the fixing of evil to God. Because God is good. And if God is good, David told me, if God is good, then I have to believe that God in his time will take care of those who have done evil to the ones that I love. I've been waiting. I've been praying. I haven't seen anything happen to the man who took the life of my brother. How far am I supposed to go in this trust of God? How far am I supposed to go in my belief that God is good? I don't know that forgiveness extends this far in my life. I don't know that I'm able to do what David asks, which is why, which is why when I found out that David had met with Abner, that David had him in our town, that David not only had him in our town, but invited him to join him for a meal, a luxurious, wonderful meal, that I lost my control. Because not only did David invite Abner here, David invited him here and let him leave. Because apparently, Abner plans to bring peace. Apparently, Abner is going to work on the side of God. Apparently, Abner has magically changed. But I don't believe it. 
There's no way a man who took my brother's life has changed. I am so angry with my friend. I am so angry with the man who could have done for me what I couldn't do for my brother. And so I had my men go get Abner. Because it's time to end my journey with pain. It's time to end this brokenness. It's time that I get to wake up one day without feeling the weight of sin, the weight of hurt, the weight of pain, the weight of loss. My brother's killer deserves to die. I deserve to live free of the hurt and of the pain. That is why I'm about ready to go into that cave and meet him face to face and ask him who he thinks he is and then to show him, to show him how much I love my brother. I know that when I leave that space with him, He will no longer be alive, and I'll be okay with that. I know that when I leave that space with him, I'm going to feel better. Because revenge always makes us feel better. I won't think about this again. I won't feel this anymore. I won't hurt from my brother. David has tried to tell me. He's tried to tell me that revenge doesn't fix a thing. He's tried to tell me that regardless of what happens to Abner, I will never, ever feel lightness unless I give it to God. That's not the way I believe. That's not what I think, and the pain is just too much, and I have to try. Wouldn't you do the same thing if you had the opportunity? Wouldn't you fix Wouldn't you do something to the people who have been hurting you? Hurting your family and hurting your loved ones. Wouldn't you walk into that cave too and take the life of the person who took everything from you? I know that when this is over, I will be free. I know that when this is over, I will be free. I don't care what David says. I don't care what David thinks. I don't care what God says. And I definitely don't care what God thinks because if God was good, God would have done something about it by now. But obviously, I have to take this in my own hands. Obviously, it will not get fixed unless I do something about it myself. Obviously, I am the only person who cares enough to make this right. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to make it right, and everything will be better. Everything will be fixed, and my life will be able to continue. I don't care what David says. 
and I don't care who God is. I'm going to fix this problem, and I'm going to fix it now. God, it is so easy to believe that the things in this world need to be fixed by our own hands. It is so easy to believe that as we see those who have hurt us living and living well, that you are not working for our good and the good of those who we love. God, it is so easy to understand the feelings of those who are hurting the feelings of revenge, the feelings of needing an eye for an eye. And God, we ask you in this moment, in this place, that you would show us that regardless of what happens in this world, you are good. And that in time, you take care of all of the evil that has happened in this world. But in order for us to be free, we must believe that you are good above all else. Lord, bring us freedom from the weight of hurt and the weight of pain that we carry with us every day. Amen.